When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. It's 12 o'clock in the greatest city in the world. It is Bart and Han. Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN. On a busy Wednesday. A lot of headlines, Bart. A lot of headlines to get to. 800-919-3776. The number to be part of it. Mike Tannenbaum joining us today. But I'll tell you what, Bart. There's like we could spin the wheel and figure out which way we want to go, at the very top here. But no, there's no doubt just... in my mind that we've yeah, like right now. There's there's a lot of content. There's plenty to get to, but if you feel like the one you want to go with is the one that causes the most drama, it does feel like the dysfunction that we are learning now that existed within the walls at East Rutherford, the Giants headquarters, and the Giants practice facility. They keep it quiet, too, man. So for this to be getting out, you knew it was just the tip of the iceberg. It's a whisper to a scream right now, is it not? I mean, the report that has come out now, and we already knew this yesterday, Wink Martindale, for the record, has not yet resigned. (laughs) He has not yet walked away. He has not yet left his contract. He just went home. That's all it is. He just got on a plane and flew down to Florida. He's going home. But even though the reports are that he is stepping away after he was mad to find out that two of his assistants were going to be fired – uh, he, th- that that whole drama continues right now. When we knew throughout the season that, that Brian Dable and Wink Martindale, after a very successful first season together, had a very rocky season this past year where they had a couple of altercations, one long conversation that was caught on camera on the sideline walking off the field at halftime uh, of a game earlier in the season. So there was a lot going on there between the two of them. And then Dable tells the media on Monday – and he expects both his coordinators to be back. And then a little while after that, he fires two of his, his longtime assistants, Drew Wilkins and, uh, and Kevin Wilkins. And then a report out of the New York Post said that Martindale flipped out and actually cursed out Brian Dable during a meeting on Monday. And Jordan Renan has sources confirming that this did happen. So this is not hearsay. There's a lot of people now that this is starting to leak out. And... The report goes that Wink, quote, said his piece, got up, slammed the door, and walked out of the building after the Giants fired Drew Wilkins, his his outside linebackers coach, and Kevin Wilkins, who's his defensive assistant, both of them that he brought with him from Baltimore. And Drew Wilkins is like one of Wink Martindale's like most important confidants. Like that's a guy that he has kept with him for a very long time. Yeah, he's his Mike Pettin. He's he's his Mike Pettin. Yeah. So anyways, so this now is suggesting what we asked yesterday about the code red. You're right, where where this franchise is right now. I mean, this is this is an alarming place that the Giants are as they go into an offseason with a lot of questions that need to be answered when it comes to personnel, but now questions about defense. And clearly they're going to have a new leadership there at some point. But if he doesn't resign, like, here's the thing, though. He can't really resign, Martindale can't. Here's why. Uh, he has one mm-hmm. year left on his deal. 
and if he if he just like says I'm quitting, the Giants could stop him from playing anywhere else. Because no, no, you still owe us a year. We're not letting you go. Right. And yeah, he obviously was, is going to be looking at jobs as a head coach or or maybe as a defensive coordinator. And there's several positions and teams that have openings now that he could want to go to. And it's mainly some that have created a spot for him to go to. Right, you don't think Philly uh, uh, do that? We know the the, the um, Commanders. We're looking at now that you know out there with the Chargers, they they they're interested in in talking to Leslie Frazier for his um you know to be the the, the defensive coordinator out there. Yeah. You know, it's going to be places all over. You got the Raiders, you got yep. Atlanta Falcons. Yep. You know, what I mean, and, and just think of you just said he went home to Florida, so Atlanta's right there, right? And, and that's a nice little division to have to uh, defend with because you don't have any war daddies in that in that division that you even have to worry about. Right, so you talk about you know being able to do that. So, to your point, they're probably going to try and block him. See if you if they fire him, then they have to pay him. But then they can't block him from going wherever he wants to go. Right, and and that and that's the difference, right? So like you know, wink is this. Listen, we're going to be playing a game of chicken for a while. Think so. And and then it's probably going to come down to you know probably NDA talking about okay, well, but this is the thing: if you're going to fire me, you can't tell me where where I can go and where I can't go. Clearly, clearly, you don't think I'm valuable. If you want me to get rid of, if you want to get rid of me, and then it missed me with the whole he knows the secrets of this and that. Man, come on, man, like stop it. If that was the case, then nobody'd be nowhere. Because how many guys do you know that have been in five, six different places? Whether they were a linebacker coach or this coach or that coach, it doesn't matter. Like Wink didn't know the secrets when they played the Ravens and the year that he, you know, got to the Giants after he left being the, the, the coordinator there. So miss me with all that, man. So it's going to be interesting, man. But this is this is like a, a Tyler Perry sitcom right here, man. It's a lot going on. Yes. Like I said, to me, this is more about just the drama that is clearly going on or has been going on behind the scenes with the Giants. And it just explains a lot. But it just shows you this is a franchise in disarray. A year ago, they were a playoff team that won a playoff game for the first time. And like, like they looked like they were turning around the – and what do we say? The Giants found themselves a head coach, right? They, I, we, we confirmed it. They have a coach. That, that much we know, that they had been searching for one since they, since they moved on from Tom Coughlin. Well, they got one. And now uh, a, a year later, we're looking at complete and utter disarray within the coaching ranks. Special teams coach, gone. I mean, think of that. Now your defensive coordinator, essentially gone. Got to reset that whole thing. I mean, you've got like like this yeah. is starting over for a right. whole like like two thirds of your coaching staff complete start over now. Then on top of it, it's Daniel Jones neck injury, knee injury. What are you doing with his future going forward? And also Saquon Barkley. Yeah, it's the, like this is suddenly that fr- a year later, the condition of the giant franchise is is in complete disarray. And that's concern. I mean, what a major concern this is, because we thought they had it figured out a year ago. So this 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 story obviously not even close to being over with. Oh yeah, it's just the beginning. But, but, this- but this this story is one to certainly watch on many levels, including the cat and mouse now about resigning or not resigning while he's hoping to get other job opportunities. And do the Giants even let him? And the thing is that if they don't make the decision quickly, these positions, you know, after the Super Bowl, is going to start filling up quickly, so they can sabotage them that way. Where well, those they also have to hire are- themselves a DC, though. Think about that. You know, some guys might go off the right. Like you have a list of names. 
And that list will start to tick off one by one when head coaching positions get yeah. open. And if you have a couple of, of candidates that you want, you haven't yeah. gotten re- you haven't fired them. It's right. so bizarre. Just and move cra- on from each other. Yeah, and the, cra- and the crazy thing is as well when you think about it, right, it's also he has to – you talk about defense coordinator. they got to bring the entire staff in. Right, because you don't even That's have right. a, you don't even have assistance on no. the defensive side of the ball, so you got to put together a whole staff. And before the draft, because I need to know what kind of players you need. What am I doing? Who am I moving on for? Free and the, agency. Who do I want to go get? Who am I cutting? Like it's. And the crazy what? thing is, so we're going to play is, this silly game now of of no, you have to resign. I'm not firing you. And the crazy oh thing, is, crazy thing is, we're talking about a. A three-four system. Who knows if you're going to bring in a four-three guy? That now, now you got Thibodeau playing straight DN and yeah. not 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 a linebacker dropping back and like you know that whole world, mm-hmm. right? It's just kind of like when Demarcus Ware, you know, and Wade Phillips came in went to a three-four. Now he playing the elephant position, and now he now now you talk about a defense that was playing relatively you know solid. Now they have to figure it out all over again. Like you know, Deontay Banks was brought in to be a man-to-man corner, right, to fit in Wink Martindale's system. And now, you know, you're going to be moving on from a Dory Jackson, and now you may be looking up and saying, hey, you know, I need, I, need, I need a zone corner because we play cover three here. We don't play man-to-man. Like, oh, man, like what? Yeah. <laughs> Giants fans, man, usually, usually this is a Jets type of, um, type of rant or, or rift. It's your turn, man, because we thought it was all sunshine and roses and you had two guys that were – well, polarizing personalities. Again, that's a year ago. We knew that. We knew that. that, that yeah, but we didn't, weren't sunny we, there either. Yeah, but we didn't think it was uh, not fixable. We thought it was just maybe you know you had that one alter, altercation. We didn't know like it was something that was way deeper than that. Something that was going on. And uh, you, a lot of the writers. I'll tell you what, though, over the last couple of weeks, and and the last week, a lot of writers were suggesting that this was coming to a head and that this was a problem. Because there was, I believe that one of the stories, as it goes, was the story about the defense being frustrated with Dable, right? There was that whole story, that there, were, if there was a lot of issues that were going on from the defensive side towards the head coach. And Dable, as the story goes, went into the, the defensive meeting room mm. with the coaches, faced everybody man-to-man, because he knows it was all source-based reporting. And he knows where that comes from right like everybody knows these guys all talk to media and so he went and just basically said who here has a problem with me let's let's discuss this whoever has a problem raise your hand let's have it out yeah right? uh, yeah how, and, does that, how does that work and then like, everybody sitting in the room just that's was like, like that's nobody like your, raised their hand yeah and that's so like, he left man he that's left. like, like all right yeah. you, you don't have a problem we have nothing to say man that's and like that's your- it Man, come on, man. That's like your mama coming in there saying, you, uh, who, who don't like you know, the way I parent? I don't, mama. Shut up. You know, that's way. that's way you get cut or get, your, get, get on that bad list, and then now you got to be perfect because now you're going to get out. Like, come on, man. We know that those don't work. Well, I think the point was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what's up? He was trying to. Like, yo, you, y'all got something to say? Say it to my face. That's what – I think that's what Dable was doing here. Yeah, of course. Was, he was making it clear, like if we got if we got beef, let's have it out now. Let's let's have it out like men and get over it. No, nah, no getting over it. And that's and but that also lets you know though that once it gets that far, where we can't, we aren't comfortable enough to have it out personally, and that you now know, yeah, this thing slipped out into the into the media, and I know that you know <laughs> that I'm the one that probably sent that out there. Yeah. 
I know that you we know that I know. Yeah, yeah. Then, then we got problems. Like, like it's it, it's irreparable. But you really got to start all over again now. You got to start all over again now. And as a head coach for Brian Dable, by the way, like it's not a great look for him that he that he is not able to. Because what is a head coach's job? Manage the Galvin, team. Yeah, galvanize. Manage personalities. People, yeah. The CEO overseeing everything. And more importantly than anything else, make sure that everybody in the building has a trust page. in what you're doing. Well, yeah, the same page thing is, I think, a given. But the trust in what you're doing is probably the hardest and most delicate mm-hmm. thing for a head coach in football more than any other sport. I don't think there's any other sport where a head coach has so much going on that he has to oversee. And it, that's you're talking about mood of your team. You're talking about mood of your coaches. You're talking about, like you said, the, the same page. We are all in agreement on mm-hmm. style and how we do things and all that stuff. It doesn't mean we can't debate. It doesn't mean we, can, we can't have disagreements. But you have to trust in the end me and my, last, my final word. And it kind of suggests that that does not exist right now with the Giants. Yeah, and that puts even more pressure on Brian Dable. It's like it's like it's like when you link up with assassins because you know he a badass, but you, he ain't really your boy. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. Like when you got to go get somebody, like yo, we got to do something like Tango and Cash. You know what I'm saying? They hate each other. They got to work with each other. It never works out. It's not sustainable because like the team can feel it, man. You can feel when like the head coach loves the defense coordinator, loves the staff. Like you heard what what Harbaugh said when they won the championship, man. Look at how they carry themselves. Look how they hug on each other, love on each other. You know what I'm saying? You can tell that everybody's all on one accord. You know what I mean? Here, it just seems like a bunch of individuals just saying, I'm going to do my job, you do your job, and we'll figure it out and we'll win. We don't have to like each other. Wrong. It's tough. Like, you can say that about players. We don't have to like each other. But staff, different. Because it's, it's, a, group, it's a group activity. You know what I'm saying? It's a group project. Mm-hmm. You know, on, on, you know a, a safety or a linebacker don't have to like the, the cornerback. You know what I'm saying? He just got to make sure that he does his job and, and, and respect him. And if a defense player don't have to like an offensive player because they, don't, they ain't got nothing to do with each other. Now, the problem is, of course, is that Dable is tough on his players. He calls his guys out publicly. That is something that is seen. We know Wink is not that guy. So when it comes to popularity within the locker room, especially, probably exclusively on the defensive side, yeah. who do you think is the more popular guy right now? Well, coordinators are always the more guys popular love guy. Wink. Yeah, you know, because well, that's going to be tough you, on Dable, though. Because you, you spend more time with him, but it's weird because your head coach is also a coordinator too. So like he spends more intimate time because he's putting in the system as well. So it's not like he's just a standalone coach that just kind of supervises everybody. So you know, but on his side, people might not like him because they, he screams at him and yells at him or belittles him or something like that. Uh, he's got a fiery he, personality. We yeah, know he, that. Yeah, if he does that to Daniel Jones, I don't know like what he does in meetings when somebody messes up and he's cussing them out. I don't know right. what those meetings are like. You know, but you know, a lot of guys, especially these guys, like back in the day, like you know, older players, you can easily turn a coach off. Like, man, whatever, you just do it. Always yelling, shut up, man. Everybody, shut up, man. You always angry. Uh, you know what I'm saying. But, like, now these kids are different. You know what I mean? They, they, sens- they got sensitivity training. You know what I'm saying? They, mm-hmm. might, have to, they might have to go out and miss some, miss some days for, um, for, um, for mental problems. You know what I'm saying? What, I forgot what they call it. You know what I mean? When you take a couple of PTO days. You know what I'm saying? Like, they really have that. Like, who was that, who was that with uh, Lane Kiffin? Dude just left campus? Yeah, mental health day. Like, like, <laughs> like, bro. Like, just because you have a mental health day, you, you don't think you need to tell nobody? You just, you just leave? Like, nah, yeah. but that ain't what we do. Yeah, well, I, and and here's the other thing too, and I, 
I guess you didn't have this with Rex, and I know Rex was so popular as a defense coordinator with Baltimore, but I don't uh, think oh, Penn had, got cu- Penn got cussed out a couple times. Because because here's the thing, one other thing in the uh, in the in the post story is that there was a disconnect that was growing in the building between the defense and the rest of the team, and that like. So they like dropped. Wink, they dropped the rope. With, with Wink all the- and and Drew Wilkins were like kind of creating their own. Like the word they used was fiefdom, and that uh, sometimes they would bypass Dable completely, believing they only had to answer to each other and ultimately ownership. And Dable, like you know, is more about we all work together and like, yo, I'm not, the boss. Not, not, you're not your own island over here. Like we have to all do this <laughs> together, and that that was where. I think the disconnect really was beginning is that Wink was just doing his own thing separate from what Dable was overseeing. Almost like, yeah, you handle your offense. You don't need to come over here. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, and that, that happens. So so clearly, like you talk about, you know, you, you should tip your cap to Salah, right? Because he never well, – it's different because Salah never was on the offensive side, right? So it's no finger pointing, right, on that side. But, you know, to be able to have the defense never turn their back on the offense with what – the Jets went through, you know, can also tell you about leadership sometimes, but it's tough when you're a coordinator and a head coach because you're directly uh, responsible for the ineptitude or the um, the lack of production from that side of the ball. The this story just continues to tell me that it's clear that Wink was definitely somebody that that looked at Dable after a while and thought, I don't need to, I don't need your input. Like, yeah, it, it, like it's just like as I'm reading this, like you remember, and it's also reminding you of things that happened throughout the season. Like you remember the remember when um, Xavier McKinney, yeah, spoke out. What was that game? Was it the which game was that where they got? I mean, absolutely obliterated, and they were you could see the sideline. They were ready to burst as a team, and it was like about like how they don't listen to us. Like we're, like we're we have ideas and nobody's listening. Yeah, wink right? came out there, like, yeah. and and it felt like all right, so. That's a problem with your defensive coordinator, right? Right. But apparently not, because Wink was the one who kept saying, "Like, yeah, I, I, I want to hear from them. We should listen to them more." It was as if he was in the story. It says as if he was fueling the fire. You know, like instead of saying, "Like, no, you know, the, the players need to tamp this down," he was encouraging the players to get louder and louder and push back, which is a bad look. Yeah, like I want your input. Like, listen. Honestly, man. Yeah, but Dable was saying how Dable was trying to squelch that publicly, and Wink was going the other way with it. So again, we're not on the same page. So I'll this has been going on. This was going on all season, and you could, and this has come to a head. It's come now to a head. It's yeah. ugly. But nobody. So now nobody wants to blink. Nobody like. Well, we didn't fire him, but you know, if you fire his um, assistants, you know, you tr- you're trying to piss him off because now you're trying to tell him to work with people and learn people that he have no idea who they are. It's yeah. not like it's not like they fired his people and they tell him, "Oh, come in and just hire some more people that you like." We just not them. Well, here's the other problem: whoever he does hire, you can't. I mean, it's a one year deal because now you've got to watch this if you're the Giants and if you're John Mara. It's like, wait, now is this was this a wink issue or yeah. is this a Dable issue? Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Steve in the car is a Bills fan. He's got interesting insight on this. Go ahead, Steve. How you doing, guys? Yeah, I do. Well, first I have one question. What, how do you guys feel about the Bills in the playoffs? 
Listen, they can be dangerous, right? They can be dangerous because they can play with anybody. But if self-inflicted if, wounds is always yeah, the Bills' yeah, problem. Yeah, if Josh, yeah, I agree. Always, if Josh does yeah, what he did against Miami, it could be a short stint. But right. they'll be fine, you know, going against Pittsburgh without T.J. Watt. But you know, they got to play the big yeah. boys the second time, and we'll see what that looks like. Yeah, no, no, they always yeah, they're always their they own can. worst enemy. You know what I mean? That's it. They're always yeah, I, their I own agree. worst enemy. Go ahead. But um, real quick, so I'll get into a, a Dable story. So, you know, he left Buffalo in, after the 21 season. And midseason, it was, it's, it's eerily similar because midseason there were reports like Twitter guys and stuff that there's friction between Dable and McDermott, who's also a defensive coach. Um, yep. And then end of the season there was actually an article, I believe, from the Athletic or Buffalo News that confirmed some things. There was never any actual incidents confirmed, but you know what? had me confirmed that there was 100% issues after they played the Giants this year. And you could probably YouTube this. Look at the handshake exchange. It wasn't even a handshake. They, they didn't look each other in the eyes. They were there maybe half a second and both walked away. So I knew, oh, yeah, they definitely had problems. So you got a question, hey, is, is this a Dable thing? I mean, you know, within two years? There wasn't there something at the end of that game though. There was, there was I thought there was something at the end of that game that was. Uh, well, there was, was uh, the, the pass interference, but you know, uh, non call at the one yard line. But you know, still we've been. If you work with somebody, seconds. it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, McDermott uh, after the thirteen second debacle, which was heartbreaking. Uh, you know, McDermott, I've never seen him do that with anybody, any coach whatsoever, and you could tell both sides. Like I said, give it a type it in YouTube and see for yourself, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But yeah, well, I, I got you. So, I'm, I'm actually looking at what was a lawsuit. If you remember the the Brian Flores lawsuit, right? And in it, right, there's a exchange that they have um, documented of a text message that there was an exchange with um, with Flores and uh, Tim McDonald from uh, the Giants, and it said that. Suggested if um, if Flores were hired as a Giants head coach, Brian Dable might be interested in leaving Buffalo to serve as his offensive coordinator. His his what he said in the text to McDonald was, "Heard Dable isn't happy with Sean in Buffalo. Might be able to get out if he doesn't get a head job." Yeah, so that Flores was, was already telling that, them that was rumors going around. Yeah, that that he wasn't happy there. So. Yeah, that's that's you know what, Steve. That's a, it's good insight, man. I mean, again, we're down here not paying all that attention to everything going on up in Buffalo. But Bart, that's why I say this about Brian. You mean, like you mean a, New, New York's winning team? Yeah, right. <laughs> New York State, anyway. But 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 listen, Dave's is a very fiery, passionate, opinionated guy, right? And that doesn't always work. Like, look, Rex is like that, but Rex also has a a way about him too that. He can ease, you know, relationships. I don't know. Is this an issue for Brian Dable that he's going to have to face as a head coach? Because if he's on the sideline constantly getting into it with like defensive coordinators about their defense or just making comments alone that just sets people off, like it might not be head coaching material if you can't control yourself in that level, and you're getting you're getting into confrontations or at least beefs. With other coaches on your staff, that's a problem. Yeah, because you'll you'll wear people out. People won't stay long as soon as they get the opportunity. 
they'll go. Who's going right? to want to work and, for and you? And you're, and you're always going to have to keep young guys around you. You know, you can't have seasoned guys because seasoned guys ain't going to go for certain stuff. Like, bro, yeah. I got options. I got I got my own brand. I can get another job. Some guys that are young that's getting the opportunity, they, 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 they won't say anything because they ain't got nothing to say because they just happen to have the opportunity. Like I said, it's just for the Giants, you thought a year – I remember saying it a year ago. We're like, you know what? The Giants have a coach, right? We were saying that plainly. The Giants have found themselves a coach. A year later, are we still saying that? Or are we wondering, does, does Brian Dable need to either check himself or do the Giants need to wonder, is this the right guy to be the CEO of your franchise? Remember, head coach is what, the CEO of your franchise, yeah. overseeing everything. and Everybody trusts him. He's making all the right moves. A year later, that is not a given, not at all. All right, 800-919-3776, so we'll get the calls rolling on this. For those of you who listen during the lunch hour, like, but you can't like later on in the show, yesterday at our weekly appearance with Garrett Wilson, and he's always very good, but if you happen to miss, a couple of things that he said were very interesting. Piqued our interest. It got a lot of attention in the Jets news cycle as well. We're going to play for you a couple of things that Garrett said. Number one, uh, about the offense and whether or not it works. And Aaron Rodgers' whole impact in that, he talked about that. He talked about a lot of different things, including meetings he had with the coaching staff. So if you missed the interview, we'll play you some of the things that Garrett Wilson had to say and just get a real feel about things that are going through his mind as the Jets now look forward to the 2024 season. So your calls, Garrett Wilson. We got Mike Tannenbaum, 1 o'clock hour. Plenty to get to with him. Of course, the Knicks, five straight wins now, Bart Scott. Did we have ourselves a team suddenly here in New York? Plenty to get to. Stay with us, Barton Hot, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. Well, the Giants have a lot to do this offseason, including finding a new defensive coordinator. Earlier this morning on DPH on Rothenberg, Rick and Dave said the Wink Martindale situation is not a good look for Big Blue. You know, and, you know, separation. Right, so the I can completely staff. understand. Brian Dable wants to move off of Wink Martindale. That's his prerogative. He's the head coach. Like, we all have to be on the same page here. I don't necessarily like how they handled the end of it. Well, why not just fire him? It's not like Wink Martindale is Bill Belichick as a defensive coordinator. Nobody he's, also he's knows. good. Yeah, right, but he also knows like, he was just in your building. He also knows all your strengths and weaknesses. And if he has a vendetta now and he wants to stick it up here, you know what? Pretty sure Philly's going to be looking for a defensive coordinator. I'm sure they will be. And you want to have control of the situation. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it is Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show. And it's only here on 98.7 FM. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. I remember, everybody, we got the Superbox giveaway this hour, so you want to stay tuned for that, your chance to be part of that. So hang on for there, 800-919-3776, the number for the conversation. Play a little Garrett Wilson for those who might have missed it yesterday. He had two really interesting things to say to us, but first talking Giants and the drama between Brian Dable and Wink Martindale. We'll leave you now eventually looking for a new defensive coordinator along with a new special teams coordinator. But it also makes you wonder when a year ago we thought, you know what, the Giants have a coach. He was a coach of the year. To now, do they? Let's go to Sherman and Clifton. Go ahead, Sherman. Hey, good afternoon, guys. I uh, love the show, and I'm a big-time Giant fan, but absolutely love when Garrett Wilson is on. That's a top-notch young man. Um, I, I want to say, I want to look at this differently, and I love my ownership because I know they care, but I'm starting to wonder what is happening in the interview process with their coaches because there's something in these guys that they're falling in love with and between Schumer or Shermer and uh, Joe Judge, and now this guy, they do well the first year, and then they spit the bit the second year. So is there something going on with their interview process? Because people can say what they want about the coach has to be the man and this, that, and the other. If everybody's having a problem with the guy, that means there's a problem with the guy. And I just want to know what you guys think about that. Thank you, Sherman. I mean, Bart, that's kind of what I was saying, right? Everybody has a problem with the guy. That's the best way. Sherman put it the best. If everybody has a problem with the guy, there's a problem with the guy. Yeah. And that's what I'm wondering. I, again, this is like we've we've met him. We've talked to him. You know him. Like He's a likable guy, great energy and all that stuff, but there's something going on with the relationships with him and, and other coaches. And that's that's if I'm the Giants, if I'm John Matt, I'm concerned. I'm definitely coming in and having a talk. Yep. Uh, you got to have a talk to him about what's going on and figure out, hey, what's the disconnect here? Like, these are yeah. guys that you picked. We didn't pick your staff. You didn't have to inherit, you know, a defensive coordinator that was already here, nothing like that. This is on you. So, mm-hmm. what's the deal? You got, you, you got us playing, paying coaches that's still under contract, you know, because you fired them. That's costing us money. Yeah. These are your people's, not mine's. That, and that's, again, now that's got to be something to be resolved. So, one more thing to worry about this offseason if you're a Giants fan. Okay. On the Jets side of things, like I said – a lot of people that we know where our show is. It's in the lunchtime, and then we're in early afternoon. So what happens is some of you listen early, but you can't stay on because you got to get back to work. We totally understand it. And we have each week Garrett Wilson on at 2 o'clock. 
uh, every Tuesday, and he's really good. But this week in particular, he was very good. For anybody that might have missed the interview because you listened early in the show, we want to give you the opportunity to hear it from him, what he was talking to us about as we eulogize the Jets season. So first and foremost, one thing he revealed to us is that he did have his exit meetings with the coaches, and they let him vent, and oh, did he. No, they've definitely let me, you know, vent, I guess you could say, you know, and um, I'm appreciative of that, man. I know that, that that isn't the case, you know, everywhere, and that it, it isn't the case often, you know, that they allow me to do that and have, you know, insightful answers to all of the things I ask and all of the, um, you know, all of my worries, all my my things that comes with good answers from them, man. And they have an open door policy. You know, we had our exit meetings this week and, you know, even past that, you know, we've, we've had conversations and that's, you know, something, like I said, that I don't take for granted because, you know, the, the intentions are there to, to get this thing, you know, the way it should be. I've never, you know, doubted anyone's intent, you know, and anyone's. I'm sure that um, no one has. It's just, you know, we got to we got to execute and that's all it is, man. We got to go out there and execute. And that's, you know, that's me. That's the next guy on the team. And, you know, that's everyone. And he's, he doesn't want to point fingers clearly. He's not going to name names clearly. But, he, you know, the standard was not high enough in his eyes. And there were certain things about the offense that he had concerns with and he voiced them. Now, for a guy who's in his second season, Bart, I mean, that's you know, you want to have a player with who cares enough to say, "Hey, I got problems. With what we're doing," but a lot of times with young players, you might not want to listen to them. But they listen to Garrett Wilson. That that speaks to how highly they regard him, right? Is that is that like how does that work in these exit interviews? Do you get the opportunity to say, "All right, it's my turn." You, now you're going to hear from me about what I think's going wrong here. Again, you played on a lot of good teams, so I'm sure there wasn't a lot of times you were complaining about you know the standard and everything else, but. Just talk about how that works and how much you really are free to say to these coaches. Um, it depends on how bold you are. You know what I mean? All right. And with all things, and you know, we'll see how much they listen to them by what they do. True. You know, so like they, 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 you know, a lot of times like they'll let you vent, like oh, whatever. You know what I mean? But let's see if they take what he says and take it to heart and say, you know, maybe he does know something, right? Or they're going to act like, oh, he's a young player, he don't know nothing about the league yet, type of deal. So like. We'll see what happens by what they do. That's why I asked him, was he going to get with Aaron Rodgers? Because, you know, sitting with Aaron Rodgers and be able to have a grown-up conversation, they'll listen to him more because they say he's been around and he's seen a lot. You know what I mean? It's almost right. like when your nephew comes tell you, trying to tell you something about some life moments. Like, man, you don't even know what the hell this is all about yet. You know what I mean? But you want to have respect for him. Um, and, you know, I, I forgot. I, I finally remembered the quote he said or somebody had him quoted saying that, hey, I'm on the other sideline. And it, and, I, and it doesn't look that hard from the other side. Oh, when I'm looking at other teams and the way they run their offense, it doesn't look that hard. Yeah. It shouldn't be that hard for us. Right, which is why I asked him the simple question of, with, with you saying that, is it just as simple as Aaron will be back, so that fixes everything? Can one guy really make a difference? His answer was really interesting. His facial expressions, so you can see it on YouTube. We have it there. And, of course, the 98.7 ESPN Twitter handle and Instagram, they have the videos out if you want to watch and see his expressions. But just hearing his voices, I just asked a simple question. Can one man really make a difference in this offense? Aaron is an offense. <laughs> I see what and you it, mean. And, All right, and, and, like James Harden, I am the system. Yeah, I am the system, okay. right? And, like, I'm, I'm serious, though. Like, the way not just his play or his – no, like, he's he's going to do some stuff to change the play, to do this, to ch to get to this call. It's, you know, it, it really unlocks a, a, a side of offense that is, you know, whenever you're running it, it works well. So, Bart, hearing that, number one, shows you 
Garrett's confidence in Aaron Rodgers, right? And that, and like you said it too to him. You said you have seen things, you've seen enough in practice to tell you that, yeah, it's going to look a lot different with this guy under center. But does it also kind of concern you a little bit that, God forbid, another injury happens, even if it costs him a couple of games? What backup quarterback could you possibly find that could have that much of an impact and command of an offense? that everybody else seems to make look so difficult, right? Like this feels like it's a complete offense that's only tailored for one guy and no one else, which means it might not matter who the backup quarterback is, they will not be able to run this offense as well as Rodgers can. Yeah, I mean – And you're relying so much on one guy. And that's what we were talking about as far as what are they going to do to bring in a guy that has been proven to win in his league. And that's, that's, what, that's what concerns you, right? You want, to, you want to see that, make sure that they have a guy that you know, can come in there and if something falters, that can carry you for four or five games. Now, listen, not a lot of teams are going to win a lot of games if they lose their starting quarterback. That's, that's just the reality of it. And the ones that are doing it this year, it took them three or four tries to find the right guy. And thank God they had a defense that could hold them over for that time. You're talking about the Browns and Joe Flacco. Right, right, yeah. right. You know what I mean? And, you know, to be able to, to, be able to even still be in the tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, we saw teams with their quarterback in Jacksonville that couldn't get it done. Amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, like, we understand that. But every quarterback kind of – Almost every team in the league used at least their backup at least once to get them past a game or something. Outside of uh, maybe Baltimore, outside of um, uh, Buffalo, and maybe I think uh, Tua Tungvaloa played every game this year as well. But it's going to happen. And if you're not prepared this time, then it's an issue because mm-hmm. you saw what it looked like, how drastic it was. And just think, you know, maybe those are four games that you win and you're sitting at 11-5 and five like the Browns because you can beat the Falcons, you can beat the Raiders, you can beat uh, the Chargers, and you can win those games. Those weren't <laughs> crazy games that you had to win. Those were games that, you know, Very good, te- that good teams win. Like, yes. not, you know, not great teams, but good teams win. Yeah. Yeah, you made it. And I think the way Garrett put it was so perfect. It was like that, that it, it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. It shouldn't, but it was, and all the blame was on the offensive line and the quarterback, but how much of it was also a system that you need a a uh, a, a football savant to run <laughs> right. it, and that's what Rodgers is. Uh, let's take Ira in Staten Island. Hey, Ira. Hey, Alan Bart. How are you guys? All right. You know, the, the Garrett Wilson, his comments, to me, I, I'm reading between the lines, and everybody knows who he's pointing his finger at. And, Alan, you bring up a great point. This offense that Hackett runs and who had success with, even though I don't think he was a play caller in Green Bay, is, is basically for Aaron Rodgers. And it's going to be very difficult, like, no matter who, whether it's Brissett, you know, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, you know, whoever they bring in, it's going to be hard to find somebody that's going to run this offense. It's not like, and I used to kill LaFleur, but LaFleur – he still put up points, and he went through three or four quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Hackett doesn't seem to have the ability that if, God forbid, something will go down and Rodgers misses three or four games next year, he can't tailor his offense to fit the skill set of who he needs to play on the center. Well, that's why you need somebody with similar skill set, like a Jacoby Brissett, a guy that can go through the progressions and deliver the ball. Because what it sounds like to me, Ira, is that Aaron Rodgers going to the, to the, to the, um, to the line of scrimmage with two to three plays and he's going to get the team in the right play, 
because he's going because he's going to go to bright he's going to go to the bright play based on what he sees. Where other quarterbacks go there, they got one play and then they got the the uh, they can switch it from the left side if it's a run to the right side or just raise up and smoke throw it like we saw Zach do it. But Aaron Rodgers can get him into multiple sets. That's why he had them quizzing. That's why I remember when they were talking about how he was quizzing them mm-hmm. on the line of scrimmage and stuff yep, like that yep. because it's so, he probably has more signals and more plays that he goes to that are fail safes based on the look, and they got to know all that stuff. So, like, right. no, no other quarterback's going to have that, first of all, freedom or that knowledge to be able to, all right, let's get into this play. All right, let's, let's, let's run he, this. Yeah, but I get that. But that's the issue with the coordinator. I know he's not going anywhere. But he ain't coordinating. Rogers, <laughs> he's well, he's not. not and that, I'm just that's telling, it. He's, he's not, just giving he, suggestions. He, he's been helping the game plan, and Rodgers is basically calling him whatever play from the line of scrimmage. Once or, he yeah. goes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but I, I, see, that, that's the that's issue. So no matter who they bring in, if right. Rogers misses games, mm-hmm. it, the offenses are going to struggle. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Well, so, well, so, I, I heard so, that's my concern. Thanks yeah, for but, the call. but a guy like Jacoby Brissett has been in those type of systems and can make those calls at the line of scrimmage as well. That's why it has to be a high end backup that has a good arm that can get you into you know multiple plays or changing the play based on the safety coming down a certain side, knowing the hot routes are coming. That's a Gardner Minshew that is a. Jacoby Brissett, you got to have a high-end, intelligent, at least a Ryan Tannehill who ain't nothing to write home about, but at least he has the athleticism to, to take off and use his, use his speed in case the play breaks down. Yeah, and that's again, that's something else to think about. But with Garrett saying it the way he said it, kind of remember the first he smiled and we're like, no, no, say more. Like, what do you say? And that's when he just said, like, yeah, like he can do all these things. And he said, he going to do know- something. He going to do something that's going to do something. Like, huh? <laughs> but – He's seen it in practice, and that's all he needs to say. Like, oh, okay, I know what he could do, and it's different than anything else we've had. So that's where the Jets side of things are. All right, we'll continue with your calls at 800-919-3776. Mike Tannenbaum, top of the hour. Lots to get into with him, including the, the feud. And how would you handle the feud? Joe Shane must be like, like, what am I doing here between these two guys, between Brian Dable and Wink Martindale, uh, and everything else that's going on, too, uh, around the NFL going into the playoffs and I also we have to talk to Mike T about about Michael Penix and did he lose ground in the draft? Remember, Mike T does the draft for us at ESPN. So your calls coming up next before we get to Mike Tanner on top of the hour. But first, Bart, uh, tell me about BetMGM. Yeah, man, Discover BetMGM, the sports betting app New Yorkers turn to for nonstop action. As the official sports betting partner of Madison Square Garden and the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers, BetMGM meets. New Yorkers at the world's greatest arena with the same day park, same game parlays, exclusive signature bets, and much more all season long. And as an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and the official sports betting partner of the NHL, BetMGM takes the show on the road for excitement every night. Plus, as an official sports betting partner of the New York Jets, BetMGM makes every football game day the best it can be. Download the BetMGM app today. Go to BetMGM and GameSense. BetMGM and GameSense reminds you to play responsibly and offers resources to help you make appropriate choices. Go to BetMGM.com for T's and C's. Must be 21 years or older to wager. New York or New Jersey only. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, help is available. In New Jersey, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 878-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage 
all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, speaking though, get your phones ready because it's the ESPN New York Superbox Bonanza 5. The Superbox Bonanza! This just doesn't get less creepy. This year, each qualifier will take a $25 Fanatics gift card and have a chance at one of 10 super boxes with prizes that include a big screen TV, a Nintendo Switch, a MetaQuest, and so much more. All right, what caller number, Bart? Be caller number what? Hmm. Let's go number four, Lil Joe. All right, Lil Joe number four. Right now at 888-987-ESPN. To select a box for the big game, and you get a chance to win $500 in the first and third quarters, $1,000 at halftime, and a final score payout of two grand. It's all brought to you by Tullamardu Irish Whiskey. Good luck to everyone. Uh, on the Rodgers stuff, by the way, as we talked about Garrett Wilson, and I, and I, look, I said what I said yesterday. I think we, make too, we get too caught up in the silliness of you know this grown men beef thing that goes on. And the he said, she said. Can I just say this? Aaron Rodgers is bored. Did he? Did, did you ever hear Aaron Rodgers get into all this other stuff when he was a getting ready for a season? No. Well, did you football. hear it when he was like focused on rehab and I'm coming back and I'm? He had something that was driving him. He wasn't doing it then. But then when you took away the goal of coming back this season. He got bored, and then he went back into with the things he likes to talk about, which are things that piss people off. But like, we get so just triggered by this stuff. It's like, man, just like whatever. Like, like anyways. But now it's become this thing where suddenly everybody that was fawning over Aaron Rodgers months ago, even a month ago, now it's like we don't want him. We never. We should have never gotten him. Man, the Jets are that's stuck with him and all that stuff. So and I stupid. just think it's so bizarre. The so guy stupid. that's literally here to change your franchise around, yeah. and it's like now all of a sudden everybody wants to just excommunicate him. So li- listen to uh, Dan Graziano from Unsportsmanlike, which is the National Network morning show. Uh, Graz talking about the Jets 
how they are all in on him, and he says, for better or for worse. From the Jets' perspective, since Rodgers got there, in fact, since before Rodgers got there, everything has seemed to be about having Aaron Rodgers and doing whatever that took to, to maintain. So I don't think you're going to hear anything bad from the Jets about Aaron Rodgers, no matter what lunatic insanity he spews on anyone's airways. Uh, I think they're all in, for better or for worse. Whether that's a good thing for the Jets or not remains to be seen. So far, it has been a disastrously bad thing for the Jets. And they're a year in. So, but they're not going to, I don't think they're going to like wake up and go, oh, this guy's poisonous. We need to get rid of him. They're all in. The disastrous? What's been disastrous? The, the, the guy got the guy hurt. hurt. You know, like, if he that's was a, a godsend case, in yeah. July and August. Right. If that's the case, did, did, was Joe Burrow disastrous? Was, was, uh, was uh, to me, Trevor Lawrence is disastrous. But again, this is always about what he's saying. But what so did it's he, creating uh, controversy and people that are upset about words. He's, about, pay, he's paid to do interviews and talk. And, and make it interesting and draw eyeballs to it, by the way. I right, want to remind and, and, people and, and, of can, that. Like, can I tell this, people? This is, this is a show that you're trying to create reaction. And guess what you're yeah. doing? You are buying into it, everybody. He's been everything that the Jets Wag and any the dog. Any, he's been everything that the Jets and any other organization can ask for. When you talk about his buy-in, everybody's like, "Well, Aaron Rodgers ain't gonna sit here and he ain't gonna be here in the offseason." He was. You know, people are gonna say, "Well, he's not gonna show up for OTAs." He was, and he like, said he's gonna do it again this year. Yeah, he gave money away. Back, he gave money back. He did. Like, you couldn't ask a guy to do more than what Aaron Rodgers did as far as trying to contribute. Injuries happen to everybody. So you can't – don't miss me with no, the yeah, whole don't, injury don't thing. Don't give me the disaster Cause, cause, cause part. He, yeah, because he, he, does, he doesn't control that, uh, right? Is it a disaster – was it a disaster when Kevin Durant got hurt or something like that? With no. the Nets? It just, yeah, it just happens. Oh, with the, with the Warriors. Right. Or, 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 or what I'm saying is the Nets, right? What I'm saying is he came oh, here, you had high expectations year one. He came back, he hurt himself again or something like that. No, the disaster was Kyrie always finding reasons not to play. That was the bigger my, disaster. My, my, my point. The so guy that you knew was going to be a problem. KD wasn't the problem. So, so, it was uh, the guy that you knew would be the problem, which is Kyrie, who always finds reasons not to play. And listen, that was the disaster. And listen, whatever, whether you want to talk about his little beef with Jimmy Kimball, that got nothing to do with football. That got nothing to do with the Jets. That's not bothering the Jets. No, no, listen, no Jet player is going to have to ask, answer any questions about what Aaron Rodgers said about Jimmy Kimball unless they're at the Pro Bowl and, and TMZ swoop up on them. Yep. Nobody, nobody. So how does it Unless affect? Unless Aaron Rodgers is listen, ripping listen, Woody listen, Johnson, ripping right. you know Robert Sala, if he's if he's ripping Joe Namath, like if that's happening, yeah, okay, then you could say this is a disaster. If Aaron Rodgers listen. is talking about how much of a regret it was to come here and I right. shouldn't have done, yeah, that's right. a disaster. Right. Right, if if he's doing what Brett Favre did, that's a disaster. Okay, we all know what Brett Favre did. That's a disaster. This is a guy who we already knew. Like when he gets bored, he says things like like your crazy friend. When you look at him, go, man, shut up. What is that? But 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 but, but, but here's the thing: says things to make you react, everybody, and you fall for it every time. But 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 here's the thing. Why the hell do I care what his beef with Jimmy Kimmel is? And listen, if anybody, but as petty as our callers are, with as petty as our fans are, I say one thing about uh, uh, Dallas or Dak yep. not being the number one thing. They had like up some 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 damn uh, like like virus or something. They, how they come at me like, and I'm just saying, hey, I think Matthew Stafford's better. Oh, you you such a hater, this and hater. that. So 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 imagine what those same people that's criticizing him would say if a public figure went on a show and said something about you negatively. I don't care. All gloves are off. I don't care about your kids, your wife, whatever. I'm coming at you. Mm. So uh, I can. I, I'm, I, yes, I'm gonna go tip. It. I'm gonna go tit for tat. 
Yeah. That, that's him and his personal beef. You can't talk to him about how to handle his personal beef with somebody coming at him, his intellect, his talking opinion, about his. He's an opinionated guy with right. his own net. Like, like right. again, it's like it's not like something new. But to say that from, from it's been a May. disaster. Listen, from May, I guess it was May, right? Was it May yeah. or, or March? Whatever it was. From that point, I think it was March when he said his intention is to sign with the Jets. But from that point all the way up until I would say mid-December when it was pretty clear the comeback attempt was over. This stuff was all gone, all of it. But then he got bored because he didn't have a goal anymore. He didn't have something he was driving towards, which is to come back and prove I can come back. That was gone now, and all of a sudden he's sitting there talking to McAfee with just, I got nothing else to talk about, so let me just say crazy stuff and make everybody react. Because he likes to do that because that's what people, I mean, they, they get triggered by. I mean, but even if it wasn't that, it was an opportunity is to take it a stupid? shot. It, yes, it, it, it's stupid. Yes, bro. it's sophomoric. It is stupid. Yes, all of that. I'm ignoring it. I am acknowledging that. I am not ignoring it. I am not saying he's right about anything. I'm not. I just laugh at it because he does it to make you react. And guess what, everybody? You do. Yeah. So who's really the, who's really the idiot here? Stop, stop feeding it. Right. Hey, listen, it was an opportunity. You don't want to watch it? You don't want to hear it? Don't. Watch it. it, an opportun- it. <laughs> Listen, it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity on a platform that he knew would get major eyes and on the same platform that, that, that Kimmel used to shoot back. And he shot back. Right? It. Was it immature? Was it petty? But is was it, it classic? Whatever. That don't embarrass the Jets. The, the, what's, embar- what's embarrassing is when the dude, the coach from the, from the Lions, showed up to the drive through at Wendy's with no clothes on. Yeah, that's that's embarrassing. embarrassing. When, yeah. when, 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 when um, the owner of the coach uh, is slithered up and drunk and then says that he's, he's targeted as a billionaire, that's embarrassing. Uh, when, when Brett Favre sends a picture of his private parts to somebody. Right. When your quarterback's getting that's special a, happy ending. When your quarterback's getting special uh, happy endings, you know, oh. when he's getting massages mm-hmm. and, 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 and a big lawsuit comes out, that's embarrassing. That's, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Him talking crap about, about, about somebody that he don't rock with, I can mm-hmm. care less. Mm-hmm. They ain't got nothing to do with the effect, nothing that the Jets are doing. So miss me with all this, you know, hyperbole, man. It's, it's BS. Like, and, it, and, it's, and really, it's, it's, it's lazy. To me, it's lazy. 800 993 I'm sure we'll get calls on this. We'll get to them later on because coming up next, we have Mike Tannenbaum. Lots to get into with Mike T next. Stay with us. Barton Hot, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. The Knicks now 5-0 since the OG Ananobi trade and moving up the standings in the Eastern Conference. Earlier this morning on DPH on Rothenberg, Rick and Dave said as good as things are, Nick fans should live in the moment. Let's just enjoy People can't what's do happening it. right now. I've told you that. Ugh. People cannot enjoy what's happening in the moment, especially when they have not had success in such a long time. Yeah, but there's no clear expiration to what's happening right now. Like, I can understand, like, if it's you, you keep knocking on the door. We haven't knocked on the door yet. Right. The Knicks window is just opening right now. Right, so, I mean, I, I get it, and you want to win a championship, but, I mean, so far, which we haven't been able to say about the Knicks for a long, long time, you feel pretty comfortable with who's running who's running the team right now because it seems like every move he's made has, has worked. And that's brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.